Hey there, and welcome to Busting Out of Breast Cancer, the show that has a straight talking about surviving and thriving breast cancer using the smile method. I am Shannon Burroughs, your host for the show. I am also a breast cancer survivor, woman's empowerment life coach, business strategist, and also a breast cancer recovery coach. I like to say I found my purpose at the intersection of passion and pain. As a fitness professional who specializes in cancer exercise, I became the person I couldn't find while navigating my own journey. I help women smile in the face of adversity, including breast cancer, to disengage from their limiting beliefs and start living their lifestyle by design and become the best version of themselves. On this show, we share survivor stories and talk about thriving in life, not just surviving. Welcome back to the show. This episode, we are wrapping up National Cancer Survivors Month, and I couldn't think of a better guest to wrap up this month with. She is so amazing, so inspiring, and I cannot wait for you to hear all about her journey through breast cancer and how she has taken that to thrive in life and help others thrive as well. So welcome to the show, Lorna. Thank you so much for being here. My pleasure. I am so happy to share some time with you and your audience. Thank you. Well, they have a lot that they're going to be coming at that you're going to be putting at them right now. So lots of little, lots of little good nuggets. You are a two-time survivor, 24 years 24 Listen, years surviving and thriving. That's right. Listen, those of you that are listening and you think that you get your breast cancer diagnosis and you think that it is a death sentence, it is not. There is so much that has come full circle, like between the research and the new medications and, the, and everything, like 24 years as a, as a thriver, a survivor and thriver, that's amazing. And not only that, not once, but twice. So congratulations to you. Um, I would yeah. love for you, if you don't mind, you know, to get down deep into more about you, about your, your, your first diagnosis, how that all transpired and, and just kind of share your journey with us. Okay. Well, I was in my forties when I was first diagnosed and, uh, I am a believer in early detection because that's what saved my life. Mm -hmm. I had to go into a mammogram for the first time and when I went in, my diagnosis came back that I was a stage zero. And uh, when they did the biopsy that the cells were all over the breast. And so the decision was made to remove the breast. And uh, back then I was in the corporate world. I didn't know a single soul that had had breast cancer. Mm. And so I had some friends in the medical field and I talked to them about taking my breast off. And I'll never forget, I had a, a, a doctor that was a friend of mine, his name is Sean. And he said to me, oh, Lorna, you don't need them anymore because I'm a mother of sons. And she's like, it doesn't serve any purpose anymore. So forget about that. And she said, hey, listen, we can make them better. And uh, you, <laughs> they don't sag after we put, we change them. <laughs> and I was like, Phew, gee, thanks a lot. So I went in, I, I had at that time what they call a trend flap. And I was one of the first to receive it at Baptist Hospital in, uh, in Miami. I was there for five days and it was a process. I had a great team of doctors. And uh, so we went through that and they got everything and the reconstruction was successful. And uh, the only suggestion they made was that I should have a hysterectomy. And so I did. And uh, we got to the point where my journey started. Darn. 
my journey started. And so I was able to put away um, the, while I was in the hospital, I met a couple of people that made me focus. And uh, because I never knew anyone that had had this disease, I made a promise to my God that if he made me live, I would always be a resource for the next person coming behind me. And so I remember that Christmas because it was in the fall of the year. And that Christmas, instead of buying Christmas presents, I got a whole like 500 pink ribbons and I sent them out to all my friends and business associates. And I said, get your mother, get your aunts, get your sisters, get your cousins to do their mammograms. It's important. This is what happened to me. And this is how we can make a difference. So that was my beginning. And so there were four members, four ladies that I met during the period. We met at the same oncologist, the same surgeon, the same, the same set of doctors. And so when we were done, we were like, what are we going to do? And so we started this group called Your Bosom Buddies. And back then, there was no Google. There was no sources that you could tap into. So we got material and we made copies and we'd go around with them in the trunk of our cars and we'd give them out. And we started the walk in Miami with Coleman. We started the walk with strides. And so for 23 years, I have made strides. And for me, I remember when I started to, to walk, I, I use black people as an example. You would never see a black person walk because they have, it wasn't the thing to do. And every culture has isms. And so I would show up out there and they'd be like, and so I took every opportunity to say, listen, if we had to choose a disease, I would not have chosen this one because <laughs> your body gets altered. You are altered, your life changes. And uh, so that's how my journey started. And then I got involved with, we really had an aggressive group of women. Insurance companies did not pay for reconstruction because they thought it was cos cosmetic. And so we got a group together. We, we went to Washington. We walked to walk the halls of Congress. At the time, you had um, Clinton and uh, um, the other one, uh, his assistant. And they had family members who had gone through breast cancer. And so they welcomed us in. We talked about how it is to lose your breast because your breast is what really makes you sexual and a woman. And how could you not pay for it? And so we were blessed in that shortly after reconstruction became a part of what you do. And, uh, and then I remember all that the American Cancer Society did. And when they were introducing Herceptin, I remember going back to DC because they were launching this Herceptin, which was gonna be a miracle drug. And I remember when the cancer came back for me the second time and I was done chemo and radiation, my oncologist said to me, I am taking out insurance on you by giving you the drug called Herceptin for a year. And I cried, you know why? Because 
I remember that it was the efforts of making strides and the money that we raised. And here I was being the recipient of this drug that was going to carry me to the next phase of my life. And so today when I see people take for granted what you do, how you get out there and talk about what this disease does to families. And I see your little daughter and how she's always with you. And I see your husband dressing in pink and I see my husband doing the same thing. I think we are so blessed because other people choose not to affiliate and associate with our condition. And I think it's a tragedy because it's real and you need to know how and why. So today when I see the face of cancer, breast cancer, with all these different types of people, I think we've come a long way. That is so powerful and so impactful because uh, you know, education is huge. Yes. yes. Education is huge. I am such a, a, an advocate for educating, empowering, and inspiring to let women know that they need to be their own advocate. You've got to take, you, you have the ability to take control of your own health, your own life. Like uh -huh. use that, yep. use that. Um, I, I was taking notes on here because I always like to take notes because the whole memory thing. Um, so I wanted to touch on real quick. You mentioned that your doctor had said, well, they're just boobs. They don't serve a purpose anymore. And then you followed up with it a little bit later by saying like, they're so part of us. And it is, that is the one thing that I always, it, that is the one thing that still makes me cry to this day is no one ever told me that I was never going to have feeling again. No one ever told me that I was going to feel like I have bricks on my chest. No one ever told me I wasn't going to be able to feel my daughter's head on my chest. And I hope to God I'm that I don't cry again. Cause every time I do talk about this, I do cry, but they are such a huge part of us. Of course. I've, I, makes in, us who we are. Yeah. In a previous episode, I talked about how, you know, it's, it's funny. Cause as we're, as we're developing as young women, you know, you have these little buds and then you, you get these little, we call them ninnies. And then you're like, oh my gosh, I hate these things. Like you just want to tape them down. You're like in that awkward stage. And then you're like a teenager and you're like, so, you know, unproportioned. And then as you grow into like, you know, your 18, twenties, whatever, you're like, okay, I'm a woman. Like I'm like, this is part of me. Right. And yes. then if you're lucky enough to have kids and breastfeed, and then that's the whole big joke of, you know, gravity right uh -huh. <laughs> and, you, and, you, and you and you complain about it because when you lay down they go into your your armpits uh-huh <laughs> I, would, I would take those boobs in my armpits again in a heartbeat yes i i would have the most amazing push-up bras underwire bras whatever to make me have cleavage but i would take that in a heartbeat so when you said your doctor said that i was like wow because mm -hmm. that's not the case they're not just boobs they are they're, they're part of my body, part of your body, right? Part of what makes you who you are. Yes. We're women. We're supposed to have these things. They right. give pleasure to other people. <laughs> yes. I mean, it's just, so that just boggles. I'm pretty sure that that doctor doesn't say that anymore. I'm, I'm hopeful of that anyway. Um, and I was, I was really blown away that you said with, so you had DCI, you were originally diagnosed with DCS. And then what was it when they went in stage what? Stage zero. So you had a tramp up with DCIS. Yeah. No, it wasn't. It was carcinoma in situ. Okay. Okay. That was my diagnosis. Carcinoma yeah. in situ, stage zero. Okay. So that's interesting that you had a tram flap because 24 years ago, 
that, that, I mean, that was, a. I mean, not that it's not a major surgery now it is, but I mean, that's like, that's a major, major, it major was. reconstruction. It was. And I can recall uh, just before I went under, I heard the surgeon and the, and the oncologist and they were all talking over me. And I remember him saying, we will leave a little skin by the cleavage because what they did back then was they suctioned out everything in the breast and I kept my skin so I have no scars but they left a little bit because they took the nipple area out they suctioned everything out then they cut you across the belly they build a tunnel and they transfer the the stuff to put it back in there and he said we're going to leave a little of the tissue in this cleavage area but it should never come back and that's where it came back? And that's where it came back because I always did my self-exams. And this particular year, I was feeling something that I never felt before. So I went for my usual mammo and they did everything, came back and they said it was fine. And I said, no, it is not fine. And we know Dr. our bodies. Minnie, yeah, exactly. Know your bodies and know when something is different. Yep. And so Dr. Minnick was on a, a, a board that I was involved with and I called her office and said, I need to see this doctor. And so I went in, I told her what was happening and she said, okay, let's go back and image just the cleavage area. So when I went back for the imaging, the same lady came back to me and she said, oh, Mrs. Johnson, you're back. And I said, honey, you are not touching me today. And she said, what do you mean? And I said, because I was here two weeks ago and I want some other eyes to see this. I'm one of these women who I advocate for me. I, yes. You're not going to yes. tell me what to do. <laughs> so that he, the next day I got a call from Minnick's office and she said, I need you to come in with Joey. Then I knew that something was there. And so they did the biopsy and the cancer was in my cleavage, just where the doctors left it. And I had the most handsome surgeon ever who did my, my reconstruction mastectomy. And I called for him. And when I called his office, they were very hesitant about talking to me. And I said, well, let me speak to Dr. Young because it was a group of doctors that were together. And they said, Dr. Young had retired. And I said, well, you know, see, Taurus Alish did my mastectomy. The cancer is back. I need to have a conversation with him. And she came back and she said, I'm so sorry, but he died of a rare form of cancer. Oh my God. This so guy was my son's age when he did that surgery. He was so young. He was so handsome. And I sat there and I cried and I cried and I cried. So when we found that cancer returning, it was a stage one. And thank God for the team of doctors that I had put together again, she removed it. I had chemo, radiation, and like I said, Herceptin for a year. And now it's going on eight years since they returned. So, you know, again, I say to people, know your body, take care of what you put in it, mm -hmm. pay attention to exercise for me is like eating. <laughs> I don't care if it's winter, summer, spring, or fall. And as a mother of sons, my children know that men have breast cancer. They're aware. My oldest son, you know, he came down for my first chemo treatment and 
he was here. And, and so my children, my granddaughter, she was very young then because all her life I've had a battle of breast cancer. And so Maxine, who is now 23, she could tell, she could take up a microphone and talk about breast cancer when she was 16, only because her grandma has always been on this journey. And I would go up to Canada to do the walks. You know, we'd make sweatshirts that say we walk for Gigi. So it, it's, it's how you embrace it. It's how you share it. It's how you make people realize that, hey, I had a disease that I didn't choose, but I survived and I'm still here and I'm fine. And I have this color here because when it came back, I said, Joey, can you live with this color here? And he was like, if you're alive, I can live with anything. And so that's it. You know, so Shannon, I applaud you for what you do. You're an amazing young lady and never stop. Because I never Thank stop. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. And um, I love that you just preached how important what you put into your body and exercise, because those I, you know, drive home um, a lot. And I, every single episode, I always try to drive in how important it is. You know, I mean, the five essential pillars for me are number one, like you just want to make sure you have the proper mindset. That is first and foremost in anything. Mm-hmm. Mindset, exercise, nutrition, sleep, and support. Boom. You can't ask for anything more. Like that's it in a nutshell in my world. <laughs> so those are the those are the pillars I focus on when you know I'm working with people because mindset is your foundation, right? Absolutely. And, and I love back in my days we call it attitude. <laughs> okay. Well, I think mindset comes off a little bit nicer. <laughs> Absolutely. 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 I agree 100%. Um, And I, and what I really love is what I love about breast cancer. This is going to, what I love about breast cancer is the woman that I've met along the way, the woman that I've met along the journey, because there's nothing more powerful and impactful than meeting someone else that has gone through a journey, maybe not exactly like yours, but nonetheless, you've had a breast cancer journey. You can relate to that and you always find support in one another. And as, as a woman's empowerment life coach, like that is important to me. Like I want women to empower other women because they deserve it. They deserve to be told that they are amazing and that you need to recognize that you are not just a survivor. You're a thriver. Like let's honor that. That's right. And everyone like comes together and like this little cult. I felt I went through the same thing with when I went through in vitro fertilization. Like I felt like, oh my gosh, everywhere it turned, everyone was going through in vitro, right? IVF. And and then it, it was the same thing. It was just like you just build a bond. And yes. it doesn't, it doesn't matter who you are, where you are, what color you are, what disabilities right. you have, nothing. You have a common ground of breast cancer and that fact that you have a thriving life mm-hmm. and that you want to make an impact on other women. That right there is probably the most amazing thing to come out of breast cancer. I agree. And, and some of the people that I have met along the way, I've always said breast cancer is a good thing for me. It was a good thing for me. And uh, because we are able to freely speak about it, mm-hmm. it's also very powerful because there are so many people who can't or who don't. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I remember, like I said, I was in the hospitality industry, I was in the corporate world. And I remember, I went back to Washington DC where we had an annual event every year and everybody wanted to, it was about me. And I'm like, no, you don't understand. And so what we did that year on the grounds in DC was to bring in the pink bus 
and did mammograms. That's what I wanted from ASAE. Because for me, women, you couldn't even talk about breast. You couldn't talk about cancer, let alone breast. They did not. That was taboo. So I say today, we've come a long way, baby. And I am elated when I see young, beautiful women like you with young family, the way I was when I was first diagnosed, taking the baton and running with it. Because it's the only way that we will ever get along. And I've met some amazing women on this journey. I've lost a lot. Because the more that you get to know, some are just not going to survive. And the other commitment I made was to the Department of Defense, which is in Virginia. And they do what we call peer review. Whatever is going on in the labs relative to new treatments, new procedures, new drugs, they have to have consumers that come in. And every year, they would have these group of scientists and oncologists and doctors from all over the world. They get together in Virginia and they had these surviving women who would come in and they would share and yet to sign a confidential, you couldn't share the information back then. And so they would wanted to find out about you and how you survived. And they would talk about what is going on in the lab that is going to make cancer different. And, uh, I did that for maybe six years, and then I stopped. I said, you need younger people. I said, but anytime this triple negative comes up, I want to be there because there are so many people that were not making it with this triple negative. It scared me. I lost too many associates with this triple negative. And so the last peer review that I did was four years ago, and I went up there, and they were talking about because triple negative does not respond to the traditional chemotherapy and the treatment that you and I have had. And uh, so, and I still have friends today that are surviving with triple negatives and they are not like you and me where you're, they just have to watch them because there's no, there's no support, but they, there's nothing they can give them to say, keep the cancer from coming back. I mean, mine is estrogen driven. I take a blocker. And I remember saying to my oncologist when I was told, you're going to have to take this for the rest of your life. And I said, you know that women need estrogen to stay young. And you're telling me you're just speeding up my aging process. I'm like, you could get hurt for that. But, <laughs> <laughs> but at least I know that with the blocker that I take, it's keeping this estrogen from being produced in my body. But with, when you have triple negative, they can't give you anything. They just have to watch you every three months. And that's scary. So, you know, and now I see we're at the point now with research where some people will never be cured, but it's like diabetes where they will be given treatment for as long as they're alive. So I think there's so much that's new and so much that's happening that those of us who are surviving, if we take care of ourselves, and do like you say, the, the four pillars that keep it going, you'll survive. I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, it's about maintaining your life, right? It's the same, it's, regardless if you even have a breast cancer diagnosis, those five pillars that I just mentioned are key 
and crucial to just a healthy, optimal lifestyle, right? Mm -hmm. You're in control of what you put into your body. You're in control of whether or not you get good sleep. You're in control of whether or not you exercise. You're in control of your mindset. You're in control of who you have around you as your support system or not. I mean, you are literally in control of your whole life. And I think what happens a lot of times is so many women, men too, but so many women have these limiting beliefs that are instilled in them from younger ages, or they just, you know, they get a barrier if they get a diagnosis, but, and so my mission is to make sure that I can help them disengage from those limiting beliefs to know that they are, you know, they have the power to take back control of their lives. And, and I love that we have the same mindset in that. And I, and I didn't even realize all of, I knew you did a lot of stuff that involved like what you did for advocating for breast cancer, but I didn't know like about the department of defense. So I wrote in here, my notes, making movement in DC. Yeah. Lorna's out there making movements in hey, DC. You know, the girl's got to do what a girl's got to do, right? <laughs> yes. Yes. Leave follower, get out of the way is how I like. That's roll. right. That's exactly yep. right. Move. Yep. 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 Yeah. I don't do barriers. I don't do her, whatever. Just get out of my way. Yep. Um, but not only that, um, not only have you thrived through breast cancer with that, you actually started your booze and buddies. That was a 501 C three. Um, you touched on that briefly. And I would just kind of like to talk about that a little bit more because I know with COVID happening, like things changed and you know, you've had it for a long time. You've had the organization for a long time and you just had some changes. So if you could talk a little bit more about your booze and buddies, I think that would be amazing. Okay. So Shannon, your booze and buddies when we were a 501c3, we did galas, we did fashion show and brunches, we did golf tournaments, we did things to raise money, we did health fairs, we were out there in the community advocating for women to do what they needed to do to stay healthy. And uh, we raised a lot of money and um, we helped a lot of women. Um, we paid their co-pays, we paid for their drugs, we paid for their air conditioning, we paid for their mortgage. We did what we needed to do for our sisters to thrive. Because when mommy's sick, everybody's sick. Mm -hmm. And so many of this generation that was coming in, they were in their 30s. They were young, young women. And, uh, and so we were there for them and we never questioned them. Women don't like to ask for help. We would ask them to go to our website, download, fill out the application, send it in to us. We would approve it. Half the time, we didn't even know who these people were because we don't ever, we never wanted a woman to feel like she was subjected to certain things. The only thing we asked in return was, would you volunteer your time with our support group? 70% of them said no. So 70% wow. of them said no. And that's what I'm trying to explain to you that this generation they get well and they move on and they don't want to be associated with breast cancer because that's they haven't they haven't come to the realization that okay so i survived it but so we never know where they went and then it got to the point with covid and everything that the board were all in our 70s late 60s we all decided you know it's a lot of work. We can't get the young people to get involved. So we're going to dismantle the 501c3 aspect of it. And we're just going to give support because that is so important to all of us, no matter how old you become. And so that's what we're doing. And we're going into a new phase. We're not sure how it's going to pan out, but 
with people like you that are coming in and doing what you're doing, we're hoping that our support will continue to grow, to engage these people who need direction as to how they go forth with their journey. That's amazing. That's so awesome. That's very, very unfortunate that 70%, it's like, you just went to a, a charity to get help, but you don't want to give that back in return. I just, I don't understand that. that I feel like that comes from the home. That's, those are things that are not taught. Mm -hmm. That is, yeah, you're right. It's definitely generational. That's for sure. And that's unfortunate, but I am very happy that you're still keeping it together as a support group because it is extremely important. And um, hopefully this pans out that you're going to be partnering with um, a local hospital here, which would be great. Um, And I have my own story with Wellington Regional that I think you're aware of. So I kind of, I've loved, I love the full circle and all of that that comes around with it. Again, I truly believe things happen for a reason. Um, And you just kind of got to roll with it, right? You just kind of be like, I am a huge proponent of my, my saying is, life doesn't happen to you. It happens for you. Mm-hmm. I like so, that. um, I, I do, I, it's important that you can remember that life does not happen to you. It happens for you. for you. And I think that that comes with the whole mindset shift too, of realizing like I run Thrivers Business Academy, which is, we are another, um, woman I partner with. She's also a breast cancer survivor as well. Um, and another one is from a narcissistic relationship. So thriving a double, you know, spouse as a double life. Um, so we've come together with all of our superpowers of mine, you know, my, my business background and business strategy. And, um, the other one's a writing mentor and the other one is a branding and marketing mentor. So we've, we created Thrivers Business Academy. And that's the one thing is when we're talking to people about like, listen, you have a book, you have a story and you need to get it out there to help other people. And that's why I love doing the podcast. I don't, I had the attention span to sit down and write is like for me. So talking, I could do all day long. So that's why I love this podcast is because I'd love to be able to have other women just share their story, share their journey, because that's how we help others pay it forward. Yeah. Right. That's what we're here for. So yeah. I thank you so much for keeping that, um, that organization together as a support group, because it's very important. So if somebody wanted to reach out to your bosom buddies, what is the best way for them to do that? That's a very good question. Um, we have a website, yourbosombuddy.org, and uh, right now we're in the transition okay. of who is going where with what. So everything that was is in the process of being revised. Okay. So, you know, like I say, Genesis is in the Wellington wing of the hospital. I used to be where the cancer center was. And if and when we go back to -to face-to-face meeting, that's where we're going to be. That's going to be our new home. And uh, in the meantime, we continue to do the Zoom every second Thursday of the month. And uh, all I can say is it's new. It's different. We're not sure how it will phase itself in and out, but... It's the times that we're in. We just have to embrace change. And you have to, yep. Embrace change. Just do, whatever you do, don't stop. Oh, I won't. I That's made right. a promise back then and I will always be here for a resource for someone. That's awesome. I love that. Well, I'm very happy that you came into my life through my journey because I think that you do amazing things and I'm happy to be able to do amazing things with you. So 
I appreciate your time here. Do you have any last minute um, pieces of advice or words of wisdom or anything like that that you'd like to share with the listeners? The key is never think that you are alone. You are never alone. There are always people out there who've been on this journey who are here for you and will embrace you as you go through those dark nights that are frightening and fearful. Get involved in some organization, the American Cancer Society, the Susan G. Komen, do something, be a part of something bigger than you. When we get together and you see the sea of pink and know that we've all been down that road, get involved, raise money for the American Cancer Society. You're the chairperson for making strides this year. We're hoping that it's going to be another first time coming together come October if this pandemic stays where it is and goes away. And again, I, I give you credit for all the different hats that you wear and still you're cheering this making strides. And so I say to those that are out there, find the organization that you think you wanna be a part of and give back, share your story, tell about your journey. It's important to someone that's listening because you know what? The same way we're thriving, we've lost so many along the way. There's so many friends that I've lost along the way because this is a disease that it's going to take some of us and some of us are going to live. And all we can do is love those that are with us and say, follow me, do what I do. Not just today, but every day. Make it a lifestyle change. Follow Shannon. Do your flipping exercise. Breathe, sleep, you know, watch your everything that you do and be happy. Because mm -hmm. stress kills and stress will bring that cancer back. Yes. Preach it, girl. I love that. It's 100%. And, and I did a podcast on that as well. And it's not that it's the situation of stress that kills you. It's the hormones that you're releasing into your body, all the cortisol and all that. So, yes. Reduce the stress. Reduce the stress. Reduce the stress. Reduce, 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 reduce the, the stress. Don't do stress. No stress. No stress. No stress. No stress. Um, stress. I'm not interested in you today. Thank you very much. <laughs> Go away. Don't come back. The door is there. Go through it. Don't come back. That's right. <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much for being here. I do appreciate all of your, your little wisdom nuggets and everything that you've had to, to share with people and all everything that you've done. You're, you're making movement in DC, everything with the department of defense on the peer review, being a 24 year survivor. Woo -woo. And, uh, and a two-time and a two-time breast cancer survivor. So that's amazing. Um, I'm so proud of everything that you're doing. I'm so glad that you were here to share everything. So thank you again, Lorna. And um, I'll make sure that, uh, can we share your Facebook group or is that too private? Oh, no, no, please. Okay. okay. So I'll put that into the show notes. Um, and uh, yeah, hopefully the listeners enjoyed this conversation and enjoyed hearing your journey and they'll contact you to learn more about your booze and buddies. For sure. All right. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Thank you so much, Shannon. And you're a real inspiration. Continue to do well. And again, we are blessed to have young people like you who are taking this in another direction. Because like I said to you, 70% of the 30 and 40 year olds that we have helped after they're well, they walk away. We never see them or hear from them again. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is a bit of a tragedy, but say lovey. That's right. You can only, you can only control so much, right? That's right. 
That's right. But bless you, my dear, for what you do. And I'm so proud to be a part of your journey. And anything I can do for you, just holler. I'm here for you. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you so much for listening. I hope this week's episode has somehow changed your life with a smile. If you're looking for guidance through your breast cancer journey or looking to create your lifestyle by design, don't know where to start, head over to shannonbros.com and let's chat. Until next week, live well, laugh often, and love much.